Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And I'm delighted to say Peter Dowdell, the IrishGardener.com, is back from his hollybobs and he joins me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? And we hope you're nice and rested. Did you get away or did you just have a break locally or what did you get up to? We were over in northern Italy, so thankfully away from the extreme heat. But um, I, do, I don't know. Apparently, the, the the storm one of the nights made the news over here. The, we had the, the hailstones the size of kind of golf balls falling from the sky. So it was... Um, that was that was a bit eerie, but uh, it's good to be back. Good to be home. And what, I, I saw video footage of them. It actually looked like it could damage you if you got hit by one of them. Oh, it's, it's, there, there was one poor girl, a sixteen-year-old girl, camping nearby who was killed that night. Unfortunately, oh. God rest her. Wow. Yeah. Um. And that, like all, 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 it, it was very, very um damaging. Like there was huge amount of damage done in in the area where we were. Cars written off left, right, and centre. No, not written off. Sorry, but you know windscreens damaged, and back yeah. back windows and and roofs. Pa- the panel beaters and windscreen replacement people in Italy will be busy for the next twelve months. Uh, and me. like if you think about it, though, you've a golf something the size of a golf ball falling from I don't know how many hundred or thousand feet. Like if it landed on your head, it landed on plenty of outdoor lights and shattered them. So if it landed on your head, I wouldn't. Yeah, and there's you know, so, it's a solid ball of ice. It's rock solid. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. I mean, the damage they caused when they hit the ground was was significant. It was, you know, 
you hear about it in the news, but it's actually when you're looking at it and you're watching it. And I, you know, I actually got a bit on my own phone outside where we were staying and the, the hailstones falling on it. It just looked like it was being blanket bombed. It was amazing to watch, but gladly, thankfully, rather from the, the safety of indoors. Yeah, yeah, and it, we we go from one extreme to the other. Then we've got all those horrendous uh, heat waves, even though they seem to be abating. Uh, thank God, but it's just it's climate change. We we have to wake up. It to is. It. Yeah, we have to without. The, the, the recently have come to no agreement either. I don't know what's we're we're kind of walking into this with our eyes wide shut, as the fella says. Okay, let's get straight into questions. Uh, I guess there's a lot of questions in. Firstly, we sent you on this picture. Uh, a listener sent on a picture for us to send on to Peter, which we got in in time, saying, why are my white hydrangeas turning brown? And they've all turned very brown. Um, all other colours are fine. It's just the white hydrangea. Also, can I cut back a magnolia that has gone too big from where I planted it? Thanks in advance. That's from Margaret. No, I did for once manage to have a look at the photograph okay. before I came on air. So I have seen it uh, and it's actually just caused by rain and the white hydrangeas, it's the white mop head hydrangea uh, and they do tend to just, where you have your pinks and blues and, and purples, they kind of tend to go nice autumnal colours as, as the, the season finishes before they go brown. The whites don't, they really just go brown and that's just that's just the way it is. Some of the whites, which are without getting too far into it, your your limelights and polar bears and vanilla frays and things like this, they're a different type. They're not a mop head. They're a paniculata hydrangea, which is more cone-shaped flower. They do go, they have the lovely reds and auburn colours as they fade, but the mop head whites just really go from white to brown and that's expedited by the amount of rain we've had. So so that's that. There's nothing, there's nothing to worry about is the good news, but I suppose the bad news, if you want to call it that, is that's what the white one will do every year unfortunately uh, in terms of your magnolia stellata and cutting it back they can get quite big I mean in terms of magnolias they're 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 relatively low but they can be quite a big shrub uh, in a garden you can cut them back now but you are if you cut them back now the next year's flower buds are, are either on them already or will be on them soon so you will be sacrificing um, next year's flowers in the spring by pruning now but you won't harm the plant so don't worry if you need to if you can wait why not Le- wait leave it flower next year and then just after the flowers have finished which will probably be sometime in early April mid-April cut them back then uh, but as I say if you do want to do it now you're not going to harm the plant you're just not going to have flowers next spring Okay somebody says does Peter know is there a system in place in Ireland for recording the bee population and does he think bee numbers have dropped significantly just based on gardens that he has visited lately? Based on gardens I've visited, I'd merely be inclined to say no, but that's probably because a lot of the gardens I visit are making efforts to to, to plant, you know, um, bee-friendly plants. But the statistics will say yes. So, I mean, the statistics say we have 99 bee species in Ireland, uh, and I think it's about 30% of them are in severe decline. So, the, the answer to the question, is there a place to record it? Yes, there, the, the National Biodiversity Centre, which do great work based up in Waterford, they are they have a website, a very good website. It's off the top of my head, I think it's called biodiversity.ie, but a quick Google search will, will find at the National Biodiversity Centre. And they're always looking for sightings and recordings of any insects. Uh, and it's a great resource anyway, uh, in terms of they, they have great publications and they have great things to read, but they're also great at helping to... The, the, to give ideas as to how we can help to promote biodiversity. And then, as I say, they, they have places to record sightings, yes. 
Okay, somebody else uh, back to hydrangeas says, "Why did my hydra- why have my hydrangeas not fl- flowered? They were pruned correctly." This listener says, uh, "About eight years ago, and I haven't had flowers since." Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! If they haven't had flowers since, that's that's um that's a long time to be waiting. I would say. I would hazard a guess and say it's it's a lack of a particular nutrient in the soil like potassium or phosphorus. It could also be that the the, the hydrangeas ideally like a, a moist soil, a damp soil in a semi-shaded position, which means obviously it's getting a bit of sun and a bit of not full sun. That's their ideal location, though obviously, as we all know, they tend to do pretty well wherever we plant them. But I would say in this case, it sounds like before they were pruned, they were flowering. So it's not, which would lead me to think it's not the wrong location in terms of aspect, but that it, the soil could have become depleted in potassium or something like this. So I would say try, it's probably, I'm afraid, too late for this year, but don't prune. And maybe next year in the spring, from from the spring onwards, rather, you could start feeding those hydrangeas. I don't, I'm always a, a huge fan of just incorporating good organic matter around a plant, and that will start it to, to improve and and increase the nutrient levels of whatever nutrient is needed. So even well-rotted farmyard manure, seaweed, homemade compost, any good organic matter that you can incorporate in around the base of the plant will help. But uh, you could specifically go with with, um, a, a high potassium tomato feed or something like that as well from the springtime. So let's say from March onwards and see if that will promote flowers. I would say it will, but of course the thing is with gardening, it's it's the main word of gardening, then it's patience. So mm. it's, it is going to be trial and error and realistically you're going to have to wait 12 months to see if that works or not. But I think it probably will. Okay, so it all seems to be hydrangeas today. Uh, Peter, help please. I have a hydrangea, fully grown, lovely green leaves but no flowers. I think I might have pruned it too hard last year. Should I cut it back now? That's exactly what they've done. They've forgotten the number seven. They have the seven nodes. I'd say they have, if you cut it back too hard, provided it's not something like the previous question where it's eight years waiting, uh, which is a different different issue, as I say. It, it probably is just a question of you pruned it back too hard. I wouldn't cut it back at all now this year or, or next spring. Wait till it flowers again, which will hopefully be next year. But I'd say you should be fine if you just cutting it back too hard will only should only lead to a, a temporary loss of flowers. Yeah, I, I have to say I did it one year and the following year I came back in full flowers yeah. so uh, yeah. fine. Um, Eileen has a problem with a potted peony rose seven years old it hasn't flowered this year this year makes it sound like it has flowered in previous years yeah. so uh, I, I would say it's pot bound so it, it, when something is growing in a pot obviously the, the amount of nutrients available to it are very finite so you do need to get that into either a bigger pot if, if planting into the ground isn't an, an option but ideally you would plant it into the ground where the roots can can go far and wide and get their own nutrients but I'd say that I, I would be 99% sure that's the problem that it's it's just run out of, of nutrients in the pot Okay, Dennis planted a lawn uh, six weeks ago. He's already managed to have two cuts of it, but he's now noticing a lot of weeds coming up in the lawn. Now, his question is, would you know of a spray for the lawn for the weeds? Now, I know you're straight away not going to suggest a spray for it. I'm not, no, absolutely, because uh, I don't think we should be spraying in inverted commas, weeds in the lawn. Most of the weeds that come up in the lawn anyway are going to be annual weeds. So... Uh, just mowing them will, will get rid of them but I certainly wouldn't encourage blanket bombing putting nasty chemicals over a big lawn area which will do far more harm than good um, 
if if there's a few persistent perennial weeds, you know, just go out there with a hand trowel or a shovel and get rid of them. But mowing, regular mowing, will get rid of most of the annual weeds. So, no, I, I wouldn't be a fa- in favour at all of putting a, a weed killer on it. Um, my friend uh, garden is covered in the most gorgeous different species of uh, butterflies. Uh, I'd love the same. What's good for attracting butterflies into the garden? Weeds in the lawn. <laughs> Going back is to the it? last question. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, some of the absolutely some of those wildflowers which you'd have in the lawn would be great uh, for attracting wildflower or for attracting butterflies. But other plants outside of the lawn, uh, one plant that's in flower at the moment and it's a ma- magnet for butterflies and it's agastache or licorice root. It comes in different sh- uh, flower colours. It's lovely different shades of blue and you've oranges. But agastache really is a fantastic one for for butterflies. Another one, of course, is buddleia, the butterfly bush. But uh, be careful because it is overly vigorous. So do, do be careful on which variety you get. Um, cat mint or napita is another good one. Uh, you know, I know any farmers listening will curse me for saying this, but if there's ragwort in the our, our horse owners or, or you know animal owners, because I know it's it's a very damaging to 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 livestock. But actually, in terms of attracting butterflies, ragwort is is a fabulous plant. Um, from that point of view. Uh, other ones you could, any of the bright flowering, a lot of the bright flowering ones rather at the moment will, will be tra- attracting them. Sedums are another one. There's loads out there at the moment, but those five or six that I've just mentioned there, I would say would certainly be my, my top ones for butterflies. Okay, John, uh, his potato leaves are gone yellow. He sprayed them three times for blight. He's wondering, is it now blight? And when is the best time to take them up? I would say take them up now. It's certainly not drought anyway. That's without question. So I would say... Uh, it's most likely the first signs of blight um, and I, I haven't really been paying attention particularly being as I've been away for the last couple of weeks but with the weather we've been having I'd say blight is going to be a problem this year um, so I would say lift them now sooner rather than later Okay, Burr has a question for Peter who, she's new to growing roses she has a climbing rose and the buds are dying before the flower opens she's wondering also should the brown stalk that grows from some of my roses should they be cut back? Yes, the brown stalks sounds like they're dead. So if 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 they're brown as opposed to green, I would cut them off. Yeah, because when you leave dead growth uh, on, on a plant, that's that's an ideal place for fungal infections and bacterial infections to grab a hold and to get into the plant. Uh, and what she's describing, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but the the where the buds die before they open, that is a fungal infection that it, that affects roses. So what I would say is. Um, don't be disheartened is the first thing if you're new to roses because roses aren't always that hard, that much hard work. They're, they're normally easy enough, but this year has been an exceptionally wet July, as we all know, which will lead to problems with many plants and in particular roses. So it is a fungal problem. What I would do is prune off the buds that are looking like that they're not going to open, prune them off, give it a good rose food, give give the the, 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 the root the roots of the plant, give them a good rose food to, to uh, increase the vigour and increase the health of the plant. And uh, also get some copper sulfate. It's my go-to kind of weapon in the arsenal, if you like, when it deals dealing with fungal infections in roses. Uh, drench the soil and some of the plant with the, the, the copper sulfate mixed with water, and that will hopefully control the fungal infection. And then cross your fingers and pray for a bit of fine weather, which I believe is coming next week. So hopefully. We'll, we'll, we'll hold you to that. Peter, thank you for that. Have a lovely <laughs> week and we'll chat next week. A pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for that. All that right. is uh, Peter Dowd with the IrishGardener.com.